and you're taken to a number. So that'll help you out a little bit when it comes to St. Patrick to understand what happened to him. So imagine this. A few years from now, you being taken captive by a bunch of crazy people, and you're taken to another, to, to an, another country and sold into slavery. This is basically what St. Patrick's life. St. Patrick grew up with godly parents, parents that taught him God's word, but he really didn't believe any of it. And it didn't happen until he actually was kidnapped and forced into slavery that he actually ended up starting to follow Jesus. He was an atheist before that and really didn't even want anything to do with God. Probably like some of you, actually. It's kind of interesting. Because you're under teaching like this each week. You're under your parents' guidance, maybe, that are Christians, and it gets old to you. Or it really doesn't make sense, or it's not that real in your life because you really haven't been through much. But the reality is this. God is real whether you think so or not. Jesus Christ is Lord whether you agree with it or not. And the reality is that St. Patrick had to eventually find that out for himself, just like you. And so Patrick, you know, he had a great ministry among the Irish. It's kind of interesting that he escaped. And the video didn't tell, tell you guys this. Uh, you guys stay still. Nobody's going anywhere. I know you're asking to go, but no, you need to stay. So it's kind of interesting that St. Patrick was in this village as a slave, he sees a vision as he's praying and tells him to go to this port 200 miles away. He had never been to that port before, never heard of that port before, and he shows up and there's a boat waiting for him. 200 miles. He shows up and he goes on the boat and he's like, hey, i got to get out of here. and tells him the story and they're like, get lost. We don't need you on this boat. And then he starts walking away back to his room where he was at, and all of a sudden a guy comes running. Imagine St. Patrick, you know, man, I heard the vision, right? It wasn't like something I ate. You know, it's, it's, I thought I heard something, you know, like God speaking. This guy runs up and says, hey, we need you. You still want to ride on the boat? So he gets free from Ireland and goes back to his home. Well, his parents are like, hey, we don't want you to ever leave again. You've been gone for so long. We want you to stay, be with us, be with the family, do what you need to do in the monastery, but don't leave again. And so it's kind of interesting what happened with St. Patrick. It's kind of interesting what might happen with you someday. You commit to following God. You hear His Word. You hear His voice, whether it's through a speaker or a time in God's Word, a time of worship. But then God asks some crazy things. He asks some really outlandish, nutty things for you to do with your life. Like actually speak up at school and, and stand up for somebody that's being picked on. Or even crazier, that you would actually witness and be a, a witness to your own family members or students in your neighborhood. Or maybe he might ask you to be a leader in your school and step up and start a Bible study like some kids I know that lead a Bible study at their school. 
The closer you get to God, the closer you get to what He wants from you, sometimes the crazier the requests God makes. The question is, can we learn from St. Patrick? Can we learn and see that God, although asking some crazy things, some ridiculous things, can we learn to say, you know what? St. Patrick was obedient. Because after being returned to his family, imagine yourself being a slave in another land, being stolen from your family, and you go back to your family, you're with them, you're having Thanksgiving together, you're having Christmas together, you're seeing all your relatives, and then all of a sudden you see a vision just like Paul saw on the road to Damascus where he was knocked off his horse and blinded as he was going to persecute Christians, and God called him to preach the gospel. In the same way, St. Patrick saw a vision and said, God's telling me to go back to Ireland. Wait a second, God. Is this a joke? Are you tricking me? I was a slave there. I escaped. Don't you remember that boat I got on? I wanted out of there as quick as possible. And what did he do? God's like, nope, guess what? I want you to go back. Wow. (laughs) What would you say to God? I know what I would say. (laughs) Uh, You're crazy. Maybe I'm praying to the wrong God. I don't know, because this doesn't make sense to me at all. But God called him back, and you know what he did? He was obedient. Even though the request from God was outrageous and ridiculous, St. Patrick obeyed. And as a result of his obedience, history shows that that island of Ireland was turned upside down. That, not the island, the, the country of Ireland was turned upside down. That, it, that country was full of pagans, full of people that hated God, didn't want anything to do with God, and as a result of his obedience, preaching the word in Ireland, that thousands upon thousands of people came to Christ. It's an amazing thought, what God did in his life. And it was the mission of the church that pushed him to this. So there's a few things we want to look at the mission of the church for the next five minutes and we're done. The mission of the church first is imperative. What does the word imperative mean? Anybody know what the word imperative means? Very important. Anybody else? Yes, in the back. Necessary. Imperative is like, I can't live without this. (laughs) Imperative is like, if I don't do this, like sometimes I hear my daughter say, I'm starving. I'm like, <laughs> no, Sydney, you're, you're not. You're not starving. Let me, let's get on a plane and go to Africa. You know, that parent thing you do. So, no, you're not starving. It's imperative. It's like that feeling that I have to do it. It has to be done. The mission of the church is imperative. God's given the church a command, and it's important. It's necessary. And if you look at Colossians 1, 17 and 20, it says, He is before all things. In Him all things hold together. He is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything He might have the supremacy. For God was pleased to have all His fullness dwell in Him, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, 
by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The reason why it's imperative, just like we looked at a few weeks back, the church's mission is an imperative because you are the body of Christ. You are Jesus in the flesh. You are being sent out as believers as a personal, physical representation of Jesus. So if you want Jesus to be viewed in the world as a lazy person who watches TV or plays on the internet all the time or plays video games and sits around with his feet up, yeah, no, no problem, keep your feet up, it's alright. I'm just using you as an illustration. Uh, but if you want the world to see Jesus in that way, then keep doing what you're doing. Because it's working. Because our world sees Scripture, it sees the Bible, it sees Jesus oftentimes, unfortunately, as lazy, as hypocrites, as people that aren't really serious about their faith. And that's pretty much what the world sees. St. Patrick gave us a pretty good example of what it means to be a follower of Christ. What it means to, like in the, in, in the book of Luke, to sell everything you have and, and give it away. God isn't calling you to some comfortable Christianity. He hasn't called you by His Holy Spirit to be comfortable. To sit back and just enjoy the ride till you get to heaven. I got my ticket. You got yours? All right. He's not calling you to that. And, and the church, the mission of the church isn't that either. It's imperative. It's important. The second one is that the mission of the church is costly. Look at St. Patrick's life. Look at Paul's life. You know, you think about this, it's like the people that God called were even studying the prophets up in uh, big church. Look at the people God called and how things turned out for them. You think it turned out well? Look what happened to John the Baptist. Anybody know what happened to John the Baptist? Yeah, he got his head chopped off. He was a follower of Christ. Anybody know what happened to Peter? What happened to him? He was crucified. Some legends say upside down, but we don't know. He was crucified. There are lots of stories, and even today, if you look on Voice of the Martyrs, go on that website. See how it's working out for people in other countries who are following Christ. And it may not be, hopefully, I pray it won't be for you that you get your head chopped off, right? or that you're crucified, or you're boiled in a pot like one of the apostles. You think about that. But following Christ may mean and should mean suffering for you, and tough times, and difficulty. It's a reality when you follow Christ, when you sacrifice for Jesus, because you are the body, and it is costly. And the last one is the mission of the church is gain. Even though it costs a lot, the mission of the church is gain. There's a quote here about uh, St. Patrick is from Cahill. It says, So how is it that in Ireland, where they never had any knowledge of God, but always until now cherished idols and unclean things, they are lately become a people of the Lord and are called children of God, the sons of the Irish, 
and the daughters of the chieftains are to be seen as monks and virgins of Christ as a result of his witness. Pretty powerful statement made about a man who went back to a country he was a slave in to serve God, and God did amazing things. So it's a challenge for us. You think about Philippians 1.21. Paul says, for me to live is Christ, to die is gain. Eventually he would die. But he's like, you know what? Whatever. Christ has called me to this. I'm going to do it for God's glory. So we need to think about what God's trying to teach us through this life of St. Patrick and the body of Christ. Maybe he's trying to say to you, you know what, I'm faithful even through extremely difficult circumstances. Some of you may be going through some tough, tough things. Parents getting divorced, loss of a loved one, struggles at school with friends or lack of friends or people you thought were friends. God's still faithful just like he was to St. Patrick, just like he was to so many others. Another one, maybe God, maybe you need to be thinking about how God will do his work even when we fail continuously. God will do his work. God is the Father. God is the Creator. God sent his Son. He's going to do his thing. But as a church, as a body of Christ, we need to get on board with it. Maybe you need to understand that the Word of God you're soaking in now will blossom in you later. Some of you think, well, this, this Bible stuff, I'm getting so much of it. Don't I have too much? Isn't there a time where, where there's, there's just too much of God's Word coming in? And the reality is this. You are in kind of like this, this phase of your life where it's kind of like you're, you're a small plant. And the Word of God is like the water being poured into you. And sometimes you don't see results in that plant or that tree right away. Kind of like a fruit tree. This apple tree in my backyard growing up. It didn't have apples forever. And I'm like, Dad, are you sure this is an apple tree? He's like, yeah, just, just wait. And I'm like, I want to see apples tomorrow. But it was years and years before we saw any fruit on that tree. And that's what I, I see junior high as a lot, like fifth through eighth graders here, is that you're getting poured into and you're hearing the Word of God, just like St. Patrick was doing. And some of you are kind of iffy on it. You're maybe cool with it, but you're not sure. But it's getting in there. And it's getting in and kind of pouring in just like water into a plant. And eventually, someday, the test is going to come. And it's going to say, God's going to say, you with me or not? And that Word of God that was in St. Patrick's heart just exploded. While he was in slavery, he didn't have anybody teaching him this. But while he was in slavery, he opened the Word and remembered all the things he was taught. That's what's hopefully happening with you, and hopefully you can talk about that with your people in a minute. You may need to say, God, I will follow you, even if it means fill in the blank. God, I will follow you, even if it means fill in the blank with whatever you're scared of with really speaking up for Christ, really focusing on the mission of the church. I will follow you even if it means blank. Let's pray. Dear God, we thank you for the challenge from St. Patrick's life, from your word about the mission of the church. Help us to take it seriously, to understand that we are the manifestation of your physical flesh on earth. And as we go to our groups, Lord, help us to discuss and just learn from each other. In your name we pray. 
Amen. All right, uh, leaders, there's questions on the back if you want those.